It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Confidence is a preference of the habitual voyeur of what is known as the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Good day, listener. Welcome to this freshly baked batch of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast, the UK's premium weekly tech podcast, siphoned into your ear holes every Friday like a fresh batch of snake oil. This is the UK Tech Weekly Podcast, a weekly splurge of infotainment from the editors of PC Advisor, Techworld, Macworld UK and Computer World UK. Every Friday we head to an audio zoo, taunting and pulling faces at caged audio lions, audio zebras and audio penguins, in order to bring you no more than 40 minutes of informed tech chat on the hot tech topics of the past seven days. Don't forget to subscribe, review and tell your friends. I'm Matt Egan, Editorial Director of IDG UK, and today I'm delighted to be joined in conversation by the audio lion that is Chris Martin, Consumer Tech Editor of PC Advisor. Hello. The verbal tiger that is Lewis Painter, staff writer of PC Advisor and Macworld UK. Hello. And the insurance company's meerkat that is David Price, <laughs> acting editor of Macworld UK. All right. The snake will go in your ears? No, but, you know, you could put it in your ears. Good. I think snake oil is just a generic term for... Uh, Things that don't work. Medicine that doesn't work, yeah. I wouldn't put it in your ear, though. No? Well... I've you had wouldn't. olive oil in my ear once. <laughs> my grandfather <laughs> used to put olive oil on his hair... Uh, as a styling product, and he also used to drink a cup of olive oil every time he went out boozing, uh, because it stopped him getting a hangover. Wow. Anyway, this week we are talking smartwatches, hoverboards, and Twitter. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Every bond you break, every step you take, I'll be watching you. Chris Martin, who's been getting smart about watches? So Pebble um, has launched... Uh, two new smartwatches and a third product. So I think it's his biggest launch to date, as in the most amount of products is done at the same time. Normally they just kind of do one at a time. So Pebble so, famously uh, was a Kickstarter that made a smartwatch? Yeah, I'm going to hand over to Lewis because he's an original Whoa. backer. I was, Whoa. yeah. I backed the uh, first generation uh, watch on Lewis is currently uh, lighting a cigarette with a £50 note. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember, yeah, because I remember it was, it was, you know, before the time of everyone having smartwatch, and it was the first real smartwatch that gave you notifications on oh, your yeah. wrist and that you do all this kind of stuff. And I was like, that is what I want from a smartwatch. And uh, obviously, compared to today's standards, it's a little bit basic, but I suppose that's why they're bringing out new ones. <laughs> but isn't the, uh, possibly slightly drifting off topic here, but isn't the very basicness of that original Pebble quite cool in some ways because it does the stuff yeah. you want your smartwatch to do and it doesn't have extraneous stuff you don't really need this is very true i mean it did help them keep the price down because i think it was about 149 pounds yeah. when it first came out 
I mean, considering it was the first one on the market, yeah. really. You know, some years ago. I mean, yeah. 2012, maybe. 2012. Yeah, 2012. I think it was. Uh, it was on in 2012 and it started shipping in 2013 right. but I might be slightly wrong there but I think that's if my memory serves me well <laughs> I think you're right so so go on then Chris what have they announced this week so the the first device is the Pebble 2 so it's a new version of the original um, so it kind of looks slightly similar slightly updated design but it's got that kind of iconic look I guess what you'd say now um, but they've added like stuff like a heart rate monitor um, so it's a smartwatch and an activity tracker in one hmm and you said there were three products? Yeah, so the other one is the new version of the Pebble Time. So that's the Pebble Time 2. So that's the more premium model right. um, with a colour screen, a bit bigger screen. And that also has a heart rate monitor. Uh, some of the specs are kind of similar between the two. They're both uh, water resistant to 30 metres. Um, they both have the same activity tracking and the same heart rate monitor. Um, but the battery life slightly varies. So the... Pebble 2 will last a week, I think, and the Pebble Time 2 will last 10 days. Mm. And there's a third product? The third product is a, a new category, if you like. It's a, it's called the Pebble Core, uh, and it's this tiny little Android box that's like basically the size of a keyring. Um, and there's two versions of it, one for runners. Um, so that comes with 3G, GPS, uh, 4 gigabytes of internal storage, uh, a headphone port, obviously, so you can listen to music while you're running. Right. Um, and the whole idea of that is it clips onto your clothes, and then you can go off running without your phone. Sweet. And you're doing all your GPS tracker without a phone is quite a big yeah. deal, actually. And 3G, so you can stream Spotify right. straight to it, so you don't even need stuff on it to listen to. And then it will sync with various running um, apps sure. when you get back. And then the other version of the pebble core is the pebble core for hackers so this um <laughs> that's what it's called yeah <laughs> amazing it is it's meant in a in a kind of fun sense in a sense fun that hackers. it Not like kind of along kind of a, <laughs> almost along the lines of the raspberry pi and the micro bit it's kind yeah. of like here's a cool little device and you can do what you want with it it's, oh. it's your imagination so there's a couple of buttons on it and you can program them to do what you want so the the possibilities are not necessarily endless, but the examples they're giving is you could program one to open your garage door if you've got an automatic door, or you could do something completely different, like get it to order you an Uber to your location sure. with a, just pushing one button. So that sounds like it's a bit more of a PR exercise than anything else, but it sounds quite cool. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. I can't. I'm trying to think what I would do with it, but yeah. I haven't actually come up with anything. Uh, get an Uber and then make its door open. Yeah, <laughs> combine the two. So, okay, but why should we be interested and excited about this? We kind of touched on this a bit before, I guess. Pebble is a pretty iconic name in the smartwatch world. I think it's that, and um, I think Kickstarter gets something out of it as well because every uh, Pebble release has been funded by Kickstarter since the beginning. Because you know, it was one of the most successful Kickstarters ever yeah. when it when it was funded. And, um, you know, and with uh, the launch last year, you know, that... Had the 2015, yeah. yeah, last year's launch set a record of yeah. $20 million it's absolutely on Kickstarter. Insane. This one's month. already gone past $7.5 million. Wow. And the watches launched two days ago. Well, an interesting think, business model as well, yeah. that they don't have to raise funding up front. They announce yeah. the products. So there's a bit of cash goes into R&D, I guess, yeah. but then they announce the products. And uh, not only is it is the production funded by the Kickstarter... But also, that's the publicity to an extent, isn't it, I guess? Yeah. 
so the target was one million dollars, and it's already seven and a half. So it's like forty over forty thousand backers. It always seems a bit weird, though, isn't it? That the most successful Kickstarter projects are projects that don't need Kickstarter. Yeah, it's like I mean, I can see. Yeah, as you said, I can see why they've done it this way. At mm. times, I've thought, oh, this is a bit unfair because, like, it, it feels like something that should be for kind of companies making their first product, mm. and they yeah. kind of need that. Whereas mm. it feels a bit unfair. They could, have, they could afford to back yeah. themselves, sure. Yeah. Though. Well, um, maybe not. I mean, I uh, but also. I don't know. I think I think there's something quite democratic about this. If they announced a product that people thought was a bit naff, they wouldn't get the funding. So it's it's kind of put your money where your mouth is. It's good for consumers because you get the products at cheaper prices. Mm-hmm. So yeah. If if especially if you get in there quick, like because obviously you get they have different. They're called rewards, yeah. reward tiers. So you get you know if you're within the first say thousand to buy the core you'll get it for $69 but then the next one will be $79 and there'll be a certain amount of them and then oh, when it actually then when it actually retails it'll be $99 yeah so that's really weird because normally with kickstarter i associate it with with expenditure with right. with you know people that go in there early they want it early they want to support no, generally you get it at, over the odds because you you're you're, you're fun- no, it's, yeah, it's yeah. The opposite, generally you get it at a cheaper price because you're helping them out Mm. So it's investment, isn't it? So okay, so moving on, or moving back to the devices themselves. Where are we with smartwatches in general? Who here wears a smartwatch? <laughs> Lewis, you do. I do. Yeah. Me and David both have the Apple Watch. And you both have the Apple yeah. Watch. Um, and Chris, you don't, and I don't particularly. Uh, I. Oh, you do. I, yes. Well, I part. I have a few different ones because I I do a lot of our smartwatch reviews, not just because I'm some kind of smartwatch collector (laughs) (laughs) i've got a couple of android wear smartwatches so i've got the moto 362 and fossils one which is basically the moto 362 in a nicer (laughs) design um and i don't use them a huge amount partly because the battery life's not that good Mm. um but the one i'm wearing at the moment is the withings activity which is not really a smartwatch it's more of an activity tracker um it looks like a watch yeah it's a normal it's a normal watch with an extra dial telling me how many steps I've taken. Sure. I'm interested to know whether it's actually a good idea for a smartwatch to include activity or, or fitness stuff. This is the main thing they've added. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, the original Pebble, I, I can see the sort of unique selling point of that. Yep. But people, I think we might still be at the point where people want to have a separate activity tracker. They want to get, um, I mean, this is a separate topic, but a Fitbit or something, because the running um, accuracy on my Apple Watch it's not brilliant. I've, I've talked a lot of the time about how good it is at learning when you take a, an iPhone with you, then it learns your stride yeah. length and stuff, and it gets a lot more but accurate. But it's, if you're sh- a... it's shocking that the Apple Watch doesn't have GPS, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i saying that. It I... would have compromises attached to it if they did, Completely. so this is the thing. And I, the, the smartwatch I've worn the most is the Microsoft Band and the Microsoft Band 2, which, which there are some challenges with those devices, but what, what I like for me personally is the feature set, which is the basic smartwatch feature set, which is alerts and the ability to make some simple responses. But essentially for me, it's triaging messages. So I don't respond to messages. I don't get my phone out of my pocket all the time when I don't need to because I can see what's coming through and I know I can ignore it. Yeah. But it's also, and I don't, I'm not wearing it now, and I principally wear it actually when I'm running because it's got a GPS built in, and that means I don't have to take my phone out. How is the GPS on that? Because... Because my understanding is that GPS without a cellular attachment is sort of it's not as good because it doesn't have the assisted GPS. It can't. You have to. I mean, it take a while to get a signal. Yeah. And... So basically, so it's, but that's the same with all. I've got a few GPS running watches, 
uh, not unlike Chris, it's not because I'm some sort of weird collector. It's because I've reviewed a few over the, over time. And if they're not connected to a phone with a cellular connection, yeah, you basically you, you end up lurking around outside your house for 30 seconds looking like a weirdo, um, mm-hmm. waiting for it to find the sky. If it's a sunny day or a clear night, no problem at all. If it's uh, if it's very uh, cloudy, it might take like a couple of minutes. Um, you can, with the Microsoft band, and I'm sure the others are broadly similar, you can set off anyway and it claims it will sort of put a marker where you started and work it out. But I've found that to be fairly inaccurate. But in general, the GPS is pretty accurate, I would say. But, and, and you are um, a comparatively serious runner. I'd say, awesome, David, is what you want to say. <laughs> I would say the majority of people would not need Maybe. something to be as accurate as that. But... I think you need to be fairly accurate, though. If you're, if you're training yeah. for a marathon, even, or whatever, you want to know how far you've gone, don't you? And the problem with the traditional kind of activity band, or actually, I think, the Apple Watch... In the way it learns, and, and I take your point about being able to compare your own performance with your own performance, is if you were training for a marathon or whatever, being half a mile out is potentially awful. You know. Um, okay, uh, so, but we're generally speaking, are we fairly pro smartwatches? I'm going with pro smartwatch. I'm hugely pro yeah. smartwatch. Yeah, I'm, I'm like the big advocate in the office. I think <laughs> uh, I wear this all the time. Use the fitness stuff a lot. Um, answer messages on it yeah. very good for notifications I was trying to get the game thing going on it for a while but there are no good games on Apple Watch unfortunately sure. um, I go through phases of kind of really enjoying using one and then finding it really annoying and not really wanting it that's been my experience actually I must admit there are times that I'm like and also the I have the added um, complication of I have a watch that I really like yeah. and that I've worn for 15 years <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to keep wearing it so I tend to end up wearing a smartwatch and a dumb watch uh, which feels a bit like a sort of um, Liberace style. Is that two uh, on the same wrist or is that one on each? I tend to go on one on each and it feels wow. like I've got sort of amulets on. I feel like I'm like, uh, <laughs> like Prince Adam from He-Man or something. But Chun-Li? Yeah, like like that person who I've never heard of. Never heard of Chun-Li? No, we're going to drift. Uh, shall we bring this conversation to an end by going around the room? You wear it well or where is the humanity? Chris Martin. You wear it well. David Price. You wear it well. Lewis Painter. You wear it well. You wear it well. Great, we'll take a short break and then we'll come back to talk about hoverboards. It's over, it's over, it's over, it's over. Lewis Painter, which fad has gone hoverboard? I don't really know what to say at that. <laughs> that took me by complete surprise. Replying song. No. No, no one ever wants to hear that. <laughs> uh, hoverboards are gone. You know, uh, considering about six months ago, they were the biggest thing on the market. At Christmas, they were huge for us. Insane. They? I mean, yeah. Everyone's reading about hoverboards. Yeah. You know, it was a top, top red story on the site every day for weeks because, you know, everyone needed, everyone wanted to get a hoverboard for Christmas. It was mainly the kids, you know, the, the, the parents buying them for the kids for Christmas. Well, I think there was quite a, a large constituency of elderly people who were replacing their mobility um, <laughs> scooters with hoverboards. No, sorry, that was a dream. I <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? That? I did see a story once about how um, hoverboards would help the elderly get around, but yeah. obviously a more stable version than yeah. the one that we have on the market yeah. at the moment because... with, with three wheels maybe, maybe it's <laughs> maybe. blue uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah I'd be uh, by about January February gone nothing no one's buying them no one's looking for them nobody really cares anymore I, I mean I still see people kind of ride them every now and again yeah. but I don't really see as many people using them as I did six months ago so and we're, we're definitely not seeing the interest on, on the site on PC no. Advisor are we no yeah so what happened 
they all blew up. Right. <laughs> In unison, no. <laughs> and that's never good for a product yeah. unless it's a bomb. Exactly. <laughs> There's always one exception. Or fireworks. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, basically what happened was the, the, you know, people started getting excited about the hoverboards around, I think it was like summer last year, the hype started to build. Uh, which was when people started manufacturing cheaply made ones. You know, so sure. you could, instead of paying £800 for them, you could pick them up for about £150, £250 on Amazon, places like that. And obviously, for a price like that, you're obviously you're going to go for it because why would you pay £800 when you can pay £250? And the idea is pretty cool. Yeah. you know, you, I, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> I think it's deeply uncool. Right. I think that... Anyway, that's just me. Sorry. Um... <clears throat> no, I'm interested in that. A lot, I know a lot of people disagreed with me, but I think the... Um... And, I, and I'm still seeing, I would say, quite a lot of people on hoverboards. Really? I mean, c- compared to six months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just look, they just look terrible. Um, and I ha- I'm a naturally, uh, aesthetically, cool <laughs> aesthetically reactionary person in that I like things to be the same as they used to be, um, visually. And if I see people looking different, that I don't like that. Um, but they, it just looks silly and you're sort of wobbling a bit and you're going yeah. along looking like you're, you know, Buck Rogers or something. And everybody, I think, is going to be judging you mentally. And this, I know these are terrible things to say, but you know, when we're talking about cool, we are being superficial. Absolutely, and I think completely arbitrary as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean yeah. that is one of the main issues. You, when because obviously I have one. Um, I didn't mean any. Obviously, yeah. No, I've taken Lewis complete disrespect. Cool. There. I'm going to leave the room now. I've had enough of this. This is victimization. No. Um, yeah, you don't really because obviously they were they were they're, they're illegal to use on the roads in the UK. So you don't really want to use them just in case you get in a bit of trouble. I mean, you won't really get into much trouble, but they're illegal. Yeah, you can't the, use them on on the roads or yeah. on the pavements in the I UK. I didn't know they were illegal. Yeah. Well, they're, suddenly they've become cool. Well, they're not roadworthy. <laughs> this is an interesting point. They're they're not roadworthy, so they're, and they're not taxed, so you can't use them on the road. But they're um, powered vehicles, mm-hmm. so you're not supposed to use them on the path either. Mm-hmm. How, where do mobility scooters come in that? Well, yeah, it's a massive grey area. Exactly. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's not so much that they're illegal, it's that there's no legislation. So, arguably, you could be mm. uh, done either way. You shouldn't uh, You shouldn't ride them on the road, I would no, say. Anyone not on the road. should ride a skateboard on the road. No. But, um, yeah, you know, you just feel self-conscious because you know that everyone around you is looking at you like, what yeah. a twat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like when I got the uh, 12.9-inch iPad and I didn't use it for probably three months on the tube. I stuck with my iPad Air 2 because it, everybody's looking at you and you don't want to be the guy that they're, that's there. The they're just trying to work out the perspective. No, yeah. They're trying to work out whether you're a really tiny man. <laughs> <laughs> but now that now it's become a bit more commonplace, then now I'm willing to use it. But I, I, don't, I don't want to be the centre of attention, which no. a lot of the time clashes with uh, technology ownership because... Yeah. I think a lot of companies are aiming for that. They're aiming for you to be, you know, Mr. Cool sitting there on the tube with your your unique product. So I don't, if, I don't want if that. everybody was hoverboarding around, you wouldn't feel so bad about doing it. You're making me sound like I'm just following the crowd now, but <laughs> I think if everybody was doing it, I'd still probably be the last to pick it up. I, I, no, I, I, I feel similarly. Like I had to go on Lewis's round the office and out on the balcony, and I thought it was like mega loads of fun, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't go and do it outside in front of people. Who I don't know. <laughs> Finally, we understand why David still comes to work on a horse. <laughs> I've always wondered. About that. that would be cool. Horses are cool. So horses are cool. <laughs> so, um, so okay. So there were problems with reliability, and lots yep. of hoverboards blew up. And then, as discussed, potentially the idea of it isn't quite the reality. And we're talking about central London as well, where yeah. people do weird stuff all the time. Oh yeah, out in the provinces, I suspect you might even, might feel even more exposed, pootling around in one of these things. So is that it? Do we think hoverboards were a fad or um, surely it's not the end for the hoverboard, is it? Um. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I mean, I've been trying to look and see if there's anything, you know, coming out this year, like new hoverboards, because obviously, I think, I mean, I'm not sure, I'm not 100% sure, but I, I feel like the issue with the first generation of hoverboards was the design of them. Sure. Uh, yeah, because basically, I, somebody like made a bad design everyone yeah. copied it and yeah. the battery's really bad and that's why they blew up yeah it's all overheating <laughs> essentially that's that's how it works in my yeah. mind i'm sure that's not technically how it is but that's essentially what i feel so um, basically you need a company like apple to come in with its uh, sense uh, of reliability and reputation <laughs> make a better design fix the problems and call it the iboard and yes. get all of the money the apple iboard that's that's there what i've got go. my money on connects to your apple watch on your phone you can yeah. summon it to you. But I'm sort of serious in that if a single big company with yeah. a massive reputation put its reputation on the line and said this is reliable and isn't going to be engulfed yeah. in flames. Yeah. But it, then... it doesn't have to be a tech company, either, does it? It could be no. a bike manufacturer or a car manufacturer. Really or... It's really they're in a better position to make something better. So. Yeah. Like, I mean, Segways still producing Segways. You know, yeah. They've got the, the smaller Segways now um, where they can get controlled by the knee. So you've still got, they, oh, yeah. they look like the first generation hoverboards with a stick in the middle right. that you rest your knee, so you kind of, when you've got your knees together, you bend to the side and each side. and Lewis is making amazing gestures. <laughs> yeah, it's always really frustrating because no one can see what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, so we have some hope for the future of hoverboards. What about, I mean, what about other, I was just wondering about other uh, types of products that have had a kind of blaze of publicity and then, and then uh, like a match. Um blazed out i don't know what the phrase is um <laughs> you know and i was trying to think smartwatches and wearables actually there's an element of this because there's a lot of hype and then if you look around the wrists of normal people there aren't that many smartwatches out there there is are it, some here's a controversial one tablets i tablets was top of my list <laughs> tablets was top of my list i was trying to, i was hoping to get a rise out of you as the ipad guy <laughs> no in fact, i, I fully yeah. agree i'm a massive ipad guy just like i am a massive smartwatch guy but i know that uh yeah it, it was a definite peak um, people realised that what they did on their tablets they could mostly do on a laptop or on uh, a larger smartphone. Those yeah, two yeah. things from either side cannibalise the market. Yeah. Yeah. They don't need to change it very often. It, it's still popular for yeah. particular sort of usage, which is, you know, you're on the sofa and you just want to check the internet. Yeah. But for that, you don't need to. Complete, and and I've said this before, I, I use my iPad every day, but I use it essentially as an ebook reader that I can mm. do some other stuff on, occasionally play games on. And it's a first-gen iPad mini. 
and I'm never going to replace it until I need to replace it. This is it. the thing. You Like you said, they last a lot longer, so you don't feel like you need to buy a new one. Yeah, and the the fact that smartphone screens have you know uh, generally between five and six inches now most people just feel like that's that's enough yeah. they don't need they don't feel the need to switch to the tablet to get a bigger screen because it's not that different but i was thinking of another couple of product types which actually the tablet has replaced or the tablet the smartphone and please between them have replaced do you remember the um was it personal internet device or you know uh Pocket Which, Surfer, was that what it's called? Pocket Surfer was one of those, but but slightly less complicated than Pocket Surfer. You had like HP's compact things and... Uh, you mean like Palm Pilots? Palm Pilots, yeah. yeah. And then organisers, which were a slightly different version of the same thing. Where yeah. Smartphones just wiped those things yeah. out. Um, apps actually in some ways. I mean, apps are incredibly useful and uh, apps that do stuff go from strength to strength. But there was this whole period where everything was going to be an app. Every mm. website was going to be an app. Mm. We got rid of all our apps because what was the point? The websites work perfectly well on on mobile. Um, but then, again, there's still this afterlife. So I, I suppose we might be looking at a similar thing with hoverboards, just trying to bring this to, to a close. <laughs> but, you know, th- there was a huge amount of hype last year, probably too much hype, and the products weren't up to it. But the products are getting better. The interest will still be there. And we may see a longer-term future for hoverboards. I keep thinking that drones are going to do the same. I was about yeah. to mention drones because... Yeah. Um, Xiaomi just announced their drone yesterday, and that's like way cheaper than the mm. DJI ver- like the equivalent. Yeah. Which like some of the DJI drones are like two grand or at least a grand, and the ones that are underground are still quite close to that sum. Which is a you know that's a lot of money to spend on something that's probably for a lot of people a hobby. Yeah, obviously, lots of film companies I imagine are buying them and using them for well. That's the thing, isn't it? That kind it's, of thing. it's the practical usage. Yeah. So now, I mean, every single TV program you see has got an aerial shot because yeah. because drones are making have democratized yeah. that. They're making it really cheap to to take those kind of shots. But the me drone is like under five hundred dollars for like the four K camera model. It looks sure. really good. So again, I think I suspect drones as this kind of consumer gadget. Um, there'll be a, a flaring and then uh, less interest. But as a technical product, they've got a long and yeah. interesting future, I guess. Okay, let's go around the room. Hover bother or boards game? Boards game is the is the, the positive one. Hover bother? David Price. Was it hover bother? Yeah. Hover bother. Lewis Painter. Going board's game. Board is game. Brilliant. We'll take a second and then we're going to come back and talk about Twitter. He rocks in the treetops all day long, hopping and bopping and singing his song. All the little birdies on Jaybird Street love to hear the robin go tweet, 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 David Price. <laughs> Why are those who like to go a-tweeting taken to Twitter to go a-bleating? Well, we, we don't like change on Twitter and change is coming. Uh, Twitter has announced some uh, fairly significant changes coming up. They haven't a, set a date for these yet. Um, but and they're going to leak them out, aren't they, the weasels? Uh, yes. Uh, in the next... <laughs> Why are they weasels? Don't. Uh, it's going to be happening in the next uh, couple of months. I think that's the, the phrase they've used. Um, so, I mean, in some ways, they're not as, as huge, these changes, as um, when they change the timeline from being strictly chronological to algorithmic. Um, but they're they're quite major in their own way. Sure. So we've got um, the 140 characters limit is now a bit less strict. 
Um, I say now it's going to be a bit less strict. So in, um, instead of the 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 Armageddon that uh, the the hardcore Twitter users were worried about, which which would break the essential nature yeah. of Twitter of just just extending that number of 140 characters. It's things like you can append images and links and they won't count as part. Yes, of the... exactly. Um, <clears throat> and a critical part of that is that the if you start the tweet with um, at and then somebody's name, yeah, that doesn't count towards it. And you can do multiple of those. So you can tag in. It becomes more like tagging in. Uh, and you can tag in up to 50 people. Uh, so and... a bit like Facebook. <laughs> well, Facebook, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so this, this means, and well, one aspect of that is that it's going to be easier than ever uh, to dogpile somebody um, if you want to... Uh, what? <laughs> dogpiling is uh, is when a load of people jump on somebody on Twitter um, and all fill their mentions with uh, horrific abuse. Usually. So like a, like a Twitter DDoS attack? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, sort of. Um, so it's like if you, if you um, wrote on Twitter... I think the Apple Watch isn't very good. And then a load of Apple fans uh, would then jump on you, uh, possibly. I don't think they would actually dogpile you. It's usually something a bit more serious than that. Where does that name come from? Well, it's like dogs jumping on... You never had pile on when you were at school. Yeah, but pile not on. dogs. Yeah, you go to school with more... dogs? Dogs are more... Pile yes, on. Well, what's wrong with that? Um, yeah. Riding a horse with we... dogs piled up on top Pretty of sure you. Pretty sure we called that bundle. We yeah, called we it had... pile on. We had oh. bundle and pile on. Okay. Um, from, right. from the Midlands, we had both. Um, you went to one of those funny Midlands Harry school. Potter schools, yeah. Uh, well, so. in the Midlands, I'm going to stress that bit. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, so also, yeah, gifts and videos and polls and quoted tweets and so all they those don't sort count. of things. So, so, in effect, this this is this is increasing the character rate without increasing. The... It sort of is. Yeah, it, it basically it's encouraging you um, to use Twitter more as a publishing platform yeah. rather than just. So originally you had your 140 characters and if you wanted to include a poll or a quoted tweet or a picture or whatever, you knew you were compromising what you got to say. Yeah. But now it's like, well, it's a, it's a free-for-all, so you might as well put all that stuff in. And they want you to use that to make it more like Facebook later, don't they? Oh, well, that's, that's the question I was going to ask. Why are they doing this? Yeah, well, they don't make as much money as Facebook. We had, um, was it, we had Scott in a few weeks ago talking about Facebook's revenue, yeah. um, which, is, which is pretty silly money. Whereas Twitter, uh, I think you were saying to me earlier, doesn't doesn't really seem to have a strong business model. Well, not really. I mean, um, it, 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 the the idea is broadly similar to Facebook in that essentially it's it's sponsored posts as advertising, yeah, it's promoted tweets, isn't it? But it's got it's got two problems as opposed to Facebook, which is on the one hand, Facebook is this huge data gathering exercise about real people, whereas Twitter is kind of you create a persona, um, so that makes it less attractive from an advertising point of view. Um, but also, yeah, it's it's not as rich media, so you can't do as much, and it's not as arresting because Twitter. One of the great things about Twitter, one of the reasons I love using Twitter, is it's it's constant flow. Um, things things become memes or they become uh, uh, trends, but it, it, individual posts rarely kind of stick around. It's quite ephemeral. Um, yeah, and everything they've been doing has been towards taking that away. Yeah. Even though they say they like the the, the ephemerality. Um, the whole, I mean, the algorithmic thing that I talked about earlier, which happened earlier this year, that's all based around um, while you were away, yeah. and then they have popular tweets that do stick around, and you can pin tweets at the top of your things. I don't quite like well. that. I mean, I, li- I didn't like the, the um, idea of it, but because I do check into Twitter intermittently throughout the day, I quite like the fact that I'll see, oh, Lewis has tweeted something amusing, and it's been liked a few times, or. Mm. David's tweeted something in defence of Apple. <laughs> I thought you could say indefensible. 
and demonstrate <laughs> something independently. What so, I like about Twitter is that it's unique, yeah. essentially. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and they're getting away from that. Is, is that Twitter, at its core, is a very pure and a very niche product yeah. that, that got big. Um, and what was interesting about Twitter early on is that um, everything that happened on it was essentially improvised by the early adopters. Yeah. All the stuff like uh, retweets and at username, um, it's all stuff that people just thought, well, this is something we could do with this very, very simple platform. Even the idea of of live tweeting, which has become the live blog, came just from people just doing it. And hashtags as well. But then also, Facebook's complicit in this because if you remember, Facebook used to be, your status used to be, your name is... And then yeah. he wrote, so like, seems really he's happy weird. today. Or, yeah. yeah, I've got loads of time hops that come up yeah. and just like, they just start like that. And it just looks really uh, weird. Somewhat poignantly from uh, eight years ago, he's glad that the playoff final was in Wembley rather than Cardiff because I had less far to travel back from watching Leeds get beat by Doncaster. <laughs> Tough times. But yeah, uh, and, and then they changed that to be more like Twitter, which is you posted stuff, you posted yeah. updates rather than status updates. Um, which kind, of, which potentially has limited Twitter's growth because although it's not the same and it's not as good in many ways, it's, it's close enough that I don't think it took away some of the uniqueness of Twitter. I find Twitter way less annoying than Facebook these yeah, days. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, although I do just want to be able to edit tweets. <laughs> Why would you edit tweets? So this is what we're talking about. About it's just it's gone. You write the tweet, then it's gone. Because often uh, Chris just puts racist invective up there and then regrets it. He does <laughs> not. delete that. It's clear that. Unfortunately, people might have screenshot Just the like a link gone slightly wrong yeah. or a spelling mistake or something mm-hmm. like that. So you have to go and delete it and then do the whole thing again. I, should, but I, I mean, I would argue that actually on Twitter, it's okay to say, oh, last tweet had an error in it. Yeah. Here's the right version. Just delete kind of thing. Yeah. Don't even mention it. I don't even mention it. I'll just delete the last tweet, put it out again. If anybody saw it, who cares? Twitter. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. It's Some third-party nice. apps allow you allow you to edit your tweets, and they'll go through the whole process of uh, deleting the old one and replacing it with the new one right. for you. But I don't think the official Twitter app lets you do it. The one I always used to do was because um, I have access to MacWorld's Twitter account. Is that I would send uh, a personal tweet. Uh, and you did that many account. times. Well, it was yeah. And I've I've never former colleague David Court was the best at doing that. But I, I did it quite a lot. <laughs> Screw this! Shit. I really hate working at MacWorld. <laughs> 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 exactly yeah um, then you just delete it and yeah. you know a couple of people saw it actually several thousand people <laughs> saw it, but you know never mind so is this going to work I mean is this going to because Twitter needs to A get build get bigger I was saying earlier on today you know we were talking about the relative sizes of social networks because that's how we we hang around here um, you know LinkedIn claims more than 400 million active users Twitter claims about 310 million active users that's a lot of people but it's chump change compared to Facebook and there are lots of countries where Twitter just doesn't really uh, impact certainly in Scandinavia it's not a big deal and it's got like weird penetration is it certain communities Whoa, you've got weird penetration <laughs> <laughs> some, some communities of people everybody's on Twitter yeah like cricketers for example it's very funny yeah. that they published the, um, the the test squad for the second test for England yeah. and every one of them had a Twitter account except Alastair Cook and it right. just went Cook and then all the rest of them is like at Rich too busy lambing isn't he Oh yeah, it's true. Yeah, farmers don't generally go on Twitter. But, but also, I mean, it, it, I was saying this earlier as well. Like, I think, and we're wow. we're part of this, but um, but Twitter gets more media coverage than it probably deserves because media people use Twitter, yeah. mm-hmm. and celebrities use Twitter. Yeah, all celebrities on Twitter. Yeah. Why aren't farmers on Twitter? I only say this because I know farmers who are on Twitter. <laughs> 
I take it back. I don't know any farmers. Called out. Okay. I, I have friends with dairy farms, and they're on Twitter. See, if I'd so said like, that on Twitter, I would have got yeah. dogpiled. My, my feed got is cowpiled. My, <laughs> my feed is quite interesting because it's all like tech brands, tech journalists, like breweries and stuff. Because I'm into beer, and then my friend occasionally tweeting some stuff about cows that I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's, wow! Yeah, I want to see your uh, feed. You can all go follow him. So, so Twitter is murdering its darlings to attempt to replicate Facebook's commercial success. Is it going to work? It, yeah, it it might do. I, I've never understood why. <laughs> Definitive answer. <laughs> can, can we leave it at that? I've I've always wondered why, uh, and this may reveal my lack of financial acumen, but why companies have to grow? Um, why you can't just have a niche product? Why you can't just say? This is a really good product. It's good for 100 million people. You know, they could have to make money out of it to um, pay for it. But at that stage, you know, but you never it's, did, it's when you have the public buyout, then you need to start making money for shareholders or whatever. Yeah. But if you just start out and it's your own company, it's a startup, you get to 100 million users and you start putting in promoted tweets. You're easily you. making enough money to pay back the initial mm, funding. No. From 100 million users? No, it never has. Because if you think <laughs> about it, what, what, how was Twitter making money when it had 100 million users? It didn't. It, I mean, it's quite a controversial thing with the users when they first brought in the sponsored tweet. In fact, the people who make money off Twitter are companies who just put in sponsored tweets with hashtag ad. And Twitter's not making anything out of that. It's it's, it's a challenged model. And it, it, it there will have been some funding, even if it's a few thousand pounds to get it off the ground, that they need to repay back and as you get bigger that becomes more of a deal and yeah now it's IPO'd so um, should we have a whip round for Twitter yeah I'd buy Twitter (laughs) I think if I give them £5,000 I could buy them you know if paid back the funding that seems to (laughs) maybe okay (laughs) again as David started by sentence (laughs) you maybe don't understand the commercial aspects but no I I take your point you you don't necessarily need growth is not always a good thing user numbers growth is not always a good thing but they're in this kind of um, I don't know it's it's almost like an algorithm where you need they need a certain they need to make a certain amount from each user and they therefore need a certain number of users in order to be a profitable product let's face it most um, social network products most startup products never actually get into serious profit so, but as I say, that's where the other challenge is because if you're Facebook, you actually didn't need to make a profit to have a huge IPO because you've got so much data about so many people, you can be comfortable that it's probably going to make money at some stage. Twitter doesn't have that. What's an IPO? Uh, when you go public, when you sell shares in an initial something public offering. offering. Initial public offering. See, I'm going to pretend that I knew that and asked you just for the listeners. Nice. <laughs> nice journalism. Okay, let's go around the room. Neat tweets or reet or bunch of twits. Neat tweets or eat. David Price. Uh, I'm on the fence. Oh. I, I know. We almost, we almost had a whole pod of us answering yeah. the questions properly. <laughs> yeah. You're a tweeting point. bird. You're like a bird on a wire. I both love and hate Twitter. Oh. Um, there's, a, there's a lot about it that I think is great, but it is being eroded. So... <laughs> <laughs> Neat tweets or reads or a bunch of tweets or you can be a t- tweeting bird on a wire. I'll be a tweeting bird on the wire. Lewis Painter. Was it neat tweets or read? Yeah. Is that, yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. Well, thank you very much, guys, and thanks for listening to this edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Do get in touch. Let us know your thoughts and your opinions and to shake us down for some of that cash we have. Or indeed, if you're interested in advertising. 
Uh, tweeters at UK Tech Podcast, if Twitter still exists, uh, or email, email editor at idg.co.uk. We will be back next week with more informed and uninformed opinion on the hottest topics in tech. So find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and all the other places from which you source podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe, review us, and tell your friends. Tell your friends. Until then, say goodbye, team. Goodbye, goodbye team. <laughs> UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tapiphone.